Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Better way forward. And so this whole series is rooted in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, which says you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are three parts whole. And we spent 13 weeks on that, on just you who God made you to be, how he put you together, how he's called you to walk, all those things. And then Thanksgiving week, we transition into the relationships that are around us. Last week, we talked about resetting your relationship with God. And today we get to talk about resetting the relationship with those who are closest with us. And me and Heather did this about, oh man, 12 years ago, which was amazing. And so the kind of idea is what to expect with unclear expectations. When you come in with unclear expectations, what can you expect. And so have you ever had a time in your life where you thought something about someone or you felt something about someone and you were convicted about it? Like, this is, this is it. They are guilty, but only to find out the next day or a week later that it wasn't true. Anybody ever? Yeah, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Okay. I never did that with Heather. Okay. And so Matthew 7, 5, just think about that idea for just a second. Here's what Matthew 7, 1 through 5 says. Do not judge or you too will be judged. It's harsh, but it's true. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it's going to be measured to you. And so judge is this harsh word. We think that God is like the ultimate judge, and he is. And he says, if you don't judge, you won't be judged. But here's what judge means in the dictionary. To conclude, to decide, to assume, to determine. Assume is a big one there. and Everybody knows what assume means. To assume, to determine, to believe, to think, or to resolve all on your own. That's you're, you're, you're making the decision. You're being the judge. And here's how this uh, verse wraps up. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, right? And then he says, this is a hard one. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your eye. Big plank, Right? So you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In short, Matthew 7, 1 through 5 paraphrases, don't judge and you won't be judged. And remember, nobody's perfect. Nobody's spotless. Nobody's speckless. We all have, Kaz last night had this, his eye was just irritated like crazy. He's like, I think a piece of um, the wood fell in my eye when I was putting it in the, I'm like, dang, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And so God's given each of us an inner guide. It's his spirit, right? It's heart. That's what three parts, your three parts soul. You have a spirit. That's your heart. You, you are a soul, right? Or you are a spirit. You have a soul. Your soul is your mind. It's how you think, right? And so your mind and your thoughts really allow you to move through life, but your, your heart is where it all happens. That makes sense. And so the knowing that, that really the hard part that we have as human beings who walk the earth is, knowing the difference between the feelings, what we know in our heart, and what we believe in our head, right? And, and knowing how to differentiate between those two is invaluable because it really saves us a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, especially um, when it comes to spiritually maturing. If we're ever going to get better, we have to know the difference between these two. And what we also need to understand is God knows all things about all people all the time. He is everywhere, always. 
And so there are times that we like to play God, that Matthew 7 scripture, that's when we kind of take, you know, the world into our own hands and we become judge, right? And we make assumptions of other people and we misinterpret their behavior. And we think those two things are facts. Our assumption and our misinterpretation becomes fact. And then we become judge. And these assumptions and misinterpretations create mouse amounts of confusion and lots of pain. For example, I want you to imagine, go on a journey with me really quickly. Imagine that your spouse, your loved one, somebody close to you, um, who usually calls you from work every day, doesn't call this day. And now it's in the afternoon and they still haven't called yet. And so you begin to wonder, uh, are they angry? Are they mad? Did I say something? Do they not care about me? Is everybody going with me here? I am, okay. <laughs> what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And what's funny is when we have an expectation of something and it doesn't happen, we immediately trend to negative. Worst case scenario, right? Well, I guess they just don't love me anymore. Really? It's just a phone call, right? <laughs> it's just a phone call. And so, again, like we said, we all know what happens when we assume. And so, so all day long, you're stewing over their apparent immaturity and lack of care for you, right? And their cold shoulder is not so cool to you because... One, they were supposed to call, they were going to call, they should have called. And so when they get home, you choose to ignore them because they've been ignoring you all day long. And so you just ignore. And, and then not only that, you, you choose to go to bed and just kind of slip out, you know, and walk away without saying even the casual goodnight, right? You go in the bedroom and what happens when you get to the bedroom is, man, they didn't say anything. They're just still sitting there at the table trying to come back to planet earth or they're, they're just sitting on the couch, vegging out. They don't even notice I left the room. To which you go one step further down the wrong path and go, it's worse than I thought it was, right? This is bad. So you go to bed and you tell yourself, man, can't wait till tomorrow, right? And you make sure that when you get in bed, you roll over so when they come to bed, all they have is your freckly back, your moly back, okay? And that's all they get, Right now, the next morning you wake up and you find out the truth, right? And they didn't call because there was an emergency. Something bad happened, right? And when something bad happened, that created panic and it created overload and it created st stress and it created more work and it caused several other schedule conflicts that afternoon that made their day turn into night, right? Now, but what about my story that I created? I created this real intricate, detailed scenario of what happened and why they didn't love me anymore, right? And I laid it all out step by step. And so when I find out that it didn't happen the way that I assumed or the way that I misinterpreted, that only makes me just a little bit more upset, right? And so none of it was true. That, that plot never had a path. It never took a step, right? So do we apologize? <laughs> no way. No way, right? Didn't do anything wrong. And so this is like waking up from a bad dream. Heather will sometimes have these dreams where she wakes up and I'm guilty. And this is like having the bad dream when, when you wake up and you dream something bad about the person that you love so much. And they're like, I can't even believe you would do that. And I'm like, girl, I've been here all night. I've been right here. Like I, we, it's us. We're together. And she, but I just can't shake this dream. This is that, right? This is that, but it's way worse. And so what's crazy about not getting the phone call 
the scenario that we're talking right now is it immediately made you go to worst case scenario, right? And so you turn negative, and when you interpreted somebody else's behavior and it wasn't the way that you thought it should be, you went south, which leads us to make assumptions and to start feeling and wanting and doing different things. And then we all of a sudden, all of a sudden think that they're thinking and doing the same thing. I wonder what he's doing. Why wasn't he? Well, he should have. She should have. All those things, right? They must not care about me. And the sad thing is we rarely ever discuss these feelings. This whole scenario that played out, and we find out that it's true the next day or, or you know, three days later when we're done playing the quiet game, we never discuss all the feelings we had in that moment. And so they become these hidden landmines in our relationships. And we don't say, hey, hey, by the way, don't step over there because if you do, I'm going to lose my mind, right? There's a landmine over there somewhere. And that's what this turns into when we don't talk about it. And when we don't discuss these conflicts and these made-up things in our mind, it only hurts us. It only hurts the one making it up, right? And so today I want you to think about the person that you do this the most with. Who do you make the most false assumptions about? Because I want you to step into 2023 with them, and I want, I want it to be better than it is right now. I'm not saying it's going to be 100, but I do want it to be better. And so here's one of your action steps this week, okay? The person that you assume the most about, if you're taking notes, you can write their initials. If they're right next to you, you can, like, draw a picture or something, do something, you know. At an appropriate time this week, I want you to ask them this. Can I check an assumption I have with you? Now, you can laugh and joke about that, but that's real. And you say, oh, Dusty, I'm not using that word because... He'll say this or she'll say this. So here's the other thing. Can I check my way of thinking with you? Hey, I've been thinking this. Can I just, can I run this by you real quick? Here's what I, here's what I think. Here's what I see, right? Here's some examples. It seems that, or I feel that, or I see that, or I hear, right? Or I think, and then it's okay to get the opposite side of that too, to go, what do you see? What did you see? What did you hear? What did you feel? What do you think? And so then the reality of the, uh, example is, I noticed that you didn't call. So if we just check that immediately, hey, I noticed that you didn't call, right? That's unusual. So I'm wondering, I'm just wondering, is everything okay? Is something wrong? And you can actually pick up the phone and do that too when they don't call, right? You don't have to wait six hours when you've like went down this, this terrible path over here. Here's another one if you're single. I saw you talking to or I saw you hug them and you walked right past me, right? You walked right past me. I'm wondering, is it something that I said? Did I do something that upset you, that made you mad? And the reality in any scenario that you create is the story that you tell yourself has an enormous impact on the feelings that you have toward that person. And they walk in not knowing any of it. They know none of it. But we assume, just like the bad dream, they should know everything, right? They shouldn't everything. Here's, so then to prove it, what happens is, is this. Let's go through another scenario. Somebody agrees to meet me. I'm so sorry. I'm OCD, and this is going to drive me nuts. All right. Somebody agrees to meet you somewhere at set time, okay? Let's just call it a Tuesday. I believe it was a Tuesday, Phil. And they're going to they're gonna meet you here at this time, this place, but they're late. But they're late. Now, go on a feeling ride with me just for a moment, even though it may, might make you a little bit weird, okay? Tell me how different the feelings are that you have in yourself when you go down one, two pass. They're late, okay? They're late. When people are late for me, I immediately get fired up. So I go from wherever I am to a little bit more mad. And so my immediate thought is they don't care, right? They must not care about this. This must not be that important. 
They must, they're disrespectful, right? All the, all, that's where I go, okay? How do your feelings when somebody's late, how many of you guys go that direction when somebody's late? Okay, that's good because you're normal. You're a human being. Now, here's the opposite. What if we never thought that? What if we thought, man, I hope they didn't get an accident on their way here. We never think that. It's always, it's always an attack on us. It's not, oh man, I wonder if their kids are sick. I wonder if their wife is okay. I wonder if they got pulled over because they drive fast. I wonder if they, you know, it's, it never goes that way. Do you see how different you feel when you go, they must not care versus, are they okay? This happens a lot in church too, by the way, when we have these big teams and somebody doesn't show. By the way, there's people here today who are going through serious crisis right now. We don't think about their crisis. We just go, where are they at? Why aren't they here? Where are they at? I thought you were coming, right? As opposed to going, hey, I noticed you were here. Are you okay? Are you okay? Is everything okay? How's your family? Are your kids okay? Are you okay, right? And so there's the difference. And each interpretation gives you a different feeling, right? Because your feelings are closely related to the story that you tell yourself. And so to quit misinterpreting and assuming the worst, here's the, here's like, this is how we win, okay? To stop assuming the worst, to stop misinterpreting, we need to verify our thoughts by actually talking to that person instead of talking to ourselves. We want to talk in person instead of in our heads. Have to, I have to, I have to, right? Exodus uh, chapter 20, verse 16, it's the ninth commandment. It says, don't give false testimony against anybody. Every time that we make an assumption, every time that we misinterpret a behavior and we believe something in our heart, we're believing a lie. Do not give false, we're believing a false testimony about that person because we've created it, right? And so believe in that lie. And the only reason we believe it is because we've not checked with them. We're just talking to ourselves inside our heads as opposed to talking to them in person. And so we choose to believe something that's untrue. By the way, when we do this, it's called gossip. We believe something that's untrue that we assume or misinterpret, and then that makes it really easy to tell somebody else, right? Oh, my God. Did you hear? Did you know? Right? None of it's true. But we make it up because, because we've not talked to them in person, right? And so when we leave reality, here's a, this is a big point. I'm sorry I didn't make this uh, put on the screen. When we leave reality for something that we've assumed or that we've interpreted on our own, these are assumptions, we create a counterfeit world. It's a fake world we're living in now, right? And when you do this, you're excluding God from your world because he can't exist outside of reality. Well, God, I just wish you would help them. Do, do they even know? God can't even help them in that because they don't know what they did. Because we're just having this counterfeit conversation inside of our foreheads, right? Well, I wish you never, all those, those are dangerous words right there right? All those, um, what are those words called? Absolutes. When you create an absolute in your mind, when I start a conversation with you always or you never, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Okay. That's one of the rules in our, in our relationship. Rule number two is no absolutes. You cannot use an absolute. So then it seems like I feel Way better than saying you always. You always means you just did it. And now I remember the last time that this happened. And so because I remember the last time and this time, you always do it. That's false. Always is 100% and 
and nobody's ever 100% an idiot, right? I mean, maybe. So when you create these things in your head, you're, you're creating a counterfeit world that God cannot exist in because he doesn't exist outside of reality. So then you can't pray, God, help me or help them in some lie that I've created about them in my head. Does that make sense? And so by living in our false interpretation and assumptions, we wreck relationships and we create endless confusion and conflict. Remember now, Matthew 7 goes back and it says, hey, do not judge. Our place in any relationship is not judge. It is to be love. We're going to walk in love. I'm not going to, and I don't remember what those synonyms were. I'll find them. Wow. We're just trekking right along, guys. I'm not going to conclude. I'm not going to decide or assume. I'm not going to determine. I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to think or resolve anything until I talk to you in person. There's this uh, phrase that a um, 17-year-old kid told me one time. The absent one is safe with me. The absent one is safe with me. I'm not going to say anything about you when you're not here. I'm not going to decide anything about you when you're not here. Matter of fact, I'm going to do the opposite. I've, I'm, if you're not here, I've got your back. I've got your back. Until I've had a conversation with you, you're good with me. I got you, right? And so we're not the judge. Let's take these false interpretations, assumptions, Let's go just one level deeper because this is so good this morning. Amen? And so when we believe something to be true that's false, whether it be about God or about somebody else or even about ourselves, it leads to a great deal of pain and confusion. And most of the time it results in the release of that relationship. That relationship is over because I just can't stop essentially ending you in my forehead, right? And our false interpretation assumptions typically lead to three common forms of false thinking if you're taking notes today. And I believe we're all guilty of this. At least I know I am. And so the first thing is this. This is my go-to right here. It's all or nothing. This is where I go to. They don't love me anymore, okay? And in an all or nothing thing, this way of thinking makes things bigger than they are and more black and white than they really are, right? And this is me. Like, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. There's no in between. You don't have an excuse. And I don't want to hear it if you do, okay? Here's what it is. It's all or nothing. You, you, if you're not with me, you're against me. That's where I go. It's pretty good, right? I like your laughing over there. The second thing is I'm offended. I'm offended. This way of thinking leads you to take offense before you have all the facts, right? This is jumping to conclusions. How many of you guys know people like this? I don't care what you say. I don't care what your story is. I know, I know what I know because I created it, right? And so I already know the answer. Don't tell me your story. Just say, hey, save the swan song. Save it all. I don't want to hear it, right? I'm offended. The third thing is believing things will never change. You always. This is those absolutes, right? Things are never going to change. This way of thinking leads to the belief that the future is fixed and that change is impossible. We always come back to this, right? And so the question on these three is this. In your relationships and the person you've identified that you love so much, which of these are you most likely to use? I use all three, okay? Okay. And it's, that's a progression for me, really. Okay, it's all or nothing. We still want to disagree about this. Now I'm offended. You won't see it my way, okay? To which things will never change. I don't have time for this. That's what I say. That's pretty much how I, how I progress. That's pretty good. You're welcome, okay? Just work on myself today, okay? Exodus 26, remember the ninth commandment says, do not give false testimony against anyone. Against anyone. So then do not make assumptions without confirming 
without confirming, or you're choosing your thought over their truth, which is a false testimony, right? And so the follow-up question to that is this. We talked about it already, but let's, let's drive it home one more time. In which relationship are you making assumptions that may not be true? And what will you do to clarify that assumption with that person? I don't know. Well, if you don't know, we've, we've said it, but we're going to say it again. You're going to ask them, can I check this with you? Seems like, I feel like, I feel like you don't like me anymore. That's not true. That's how I feel. Don't feel that anymore. Have a conversation, right? And so let's turn, let's turn this thing up just a little bit. To stop assuming, to stop assuming, we must clarify our expectation. There's this thing um, in leadership where it says your expectation leads to your greatest frustration. Okay, so what you expect when your expectations aren't, meet, aren't met, guess what? You get frustrated. You get frustrated. So then this is something that we rarely do when in relationship with others because we fall in love and all the external things happen, right? And over time, we start to set boundaries and create expectations that we should have set a long time ago in the beginning of this thing. By the way, a boundary and expectation is totally different, right? And the longer that you wait to set an expectation, the more boundaries you're going to have to create the farther you go down the road with the person, right? To where now it's these lines that you can't cross when really we should be walking together in agreement. So there shouldn't have to be really boundaries. There should just be expectations, right? And the reality is most of our assumptions and false interpretations come from the expectations that we put on people that they don't even know we have, right? And so they have no clue they exist. So then they kind of walk around like this all the time, just trying not to make you mad because we're not sure what it is, but something around this time of day makes him or her upset. So let me just do this, and maybe I won't upset her, right? It's unclear. And so to begin clarifying expectations and to eliminate jumping to conclusions, I want to apply, apply practical truth. And this is all found in Proverbs 18. And so super simple if you're taking notes. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing their opinion, Right? That's that first one. It's, it's right or wrong, right? It's, it's an absolute, this is how it's going to be. Verse 13 says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and his shame. He is the fool. That's that jumping to conclusions thing right there. And then in verse 15, we turn just a little bit positive. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. What's that mean? Oh, patience, conversation, Right? I'm actually going to think a little bit and believe in my heart better than what my head's telling me, and I'm going to actually ask. I'm going to seek some knowledge. And then verse 17 says, the one who states his case first seems right. And that always the truth, and then what happens? Until they get questioned. And when cross-examination comes, their case doesn't seem to hold so much water anymore, right? And so then knowing, here's the practical way of approaching this, right? One of the best things to do in my relationship with Heather to eliminate the jumping to conclusions or misinterpretations, because guys, I'm all over the map, right? Is this, I set up a daily debrief time with her. And so on my calendar, it says Heather's first 15. That doesn't have to be on there. It's only a reminder throughout the day that she's my girl. And so what that daily debrief is this, it's me coming in and not doing anything until I talk to her. And so, hey, how are you? How was your day? How are the kids? Tell me about the madness and the crazy that's happening in this house, please, right? And 
that was really hard because when I first thought about this, I would still come in and say, hey, will you pour me a glass of sweet tea? And she would because she's amazing. And I would turn on the TV. I'm sorry to give you my back. I would turn on the TV and she would say something. And I first thought, wow, I'm a terrible listener. So I'll hit pause. What was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And we had this little exchange. And then I go right back here, play. And we're da 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 da. This is, this is years ago, by the way. And then, and then we go back. Well, then I get frustrated, right? Because I'm just trying to watch a show. And she didn't want to talk, but she really does want to talk. We just haven't really clarified that. And so I realized, wait a second, this is dumb. I, I don't even know why I'm turning this on. When really, if she is priority, I should come and sit with her. So I sit down at the bar one day and I say, hey, girl, tell me about your day, which blew her mind. And she's like. And so for months, it was a struggle for her to talk to me because she didn't believe I wanted to actually listen because I hadn't been listening before. So. That changed the game in our communication because I actually said, you know what, you're a priority. I'm going to make you a priority, and I'm going to put all this stuff to the side. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to show you, and I want to know. And I remember at the time there was, there was a day where I got mad, and I was like, hey, this stinks. Like, this is really hard for me. I'm like, I'm coming 100. Here I am again, coming 100. And because of my actions previous, it didn't help me, right? And so as I sit down, I say, hey, I'm trying to actually – get to know you and hear about your day and care and, and, and like connect our evening together. And you're not talking. She said, I don't believe you. She said, I don't believe you. So we had to work through that. And it was just an amazing experience. Okay. So in that time, I'm an open book. I ask questions. She asked questions. This also helped me in talking to Heather because I now understood that she doesn't ask questions to question me. Guys like to do that. Don't question me. That's not what your wife is doing. Okay. She's asking you a question to gain information so she can understand more about what's happening. But the reality is I don't care what's happening because that's over. And I don't want to think about that anymore because that was exhausting. I just want to be here. So I get to bullet point communicate a lot when she just wants to ask more questions to gain understanding so she can walk with me. Does that make sense? So remember... The question that we opened up with, the time that you thought or were feeling something about someone that wasn't true, the reason that you felt that was because there was an unclear expectation at some point that was not made, right? So to clarify what is unclear, we're going to ask instead of assume. Everybody say yes. All right, now to clarify expectations, you must eliminate what causes confusion, what causes pain, misunderstanding, disappointment, assumption. If I don't remove those things, we're never going to get to the root. I've got to get that stuff out of there, okay? When these things are eliminated, we set clear, valid, unbiased expectations. Clear, valid, unbiased, when all that stuff is gone. That said, expectations can come from anywhere. Anywhere, right? So then be very careful when you're setting your expectation of the one that you love or those that you love or those that you walk with or do life with closely. Your expectations come from family. They come from TV. Well, that's the way my mom did it. So that's the way, that doesn't mean necessarily that that's the way you have to do it, right? TV, culture, social media, the internet, Macy's sale ad, I don't know. But that's where your expectations come from, right? Unless you've rooted them in the truth, unless you've said, you know what? What's the Bible say about this topic right here? What's this say about that, right? So then knowing all that, there can still be issues with your expectations. You have to find the root of the expectation. You have to make sure they know about it. So here's how we're going to do it. 
The things that cause invalid expectations are this. One, they're unconscious. They're unconscious expectations, right? What's this mean? I have expectations of others that they don't even know about, right? They don't even know about it. And unconscious means this. I don't know that I expect it until I am upset. I didn't even know this was an expectation until you did that, and now I'm mad that you did that, and I expect you not to do that. I'm unconscious of that expectation, right? We don't know about them until we're angry or disappointed. The second one is unrealistic. Unrealistic expectations. These are not reasonable expectations, right? And the reality is in this unrealistic expectation, this is selfish, and there's only one way to do it, and it's my way. There's not going to be an agreement, okay? The way this is going to happen is exactly the way that I say it's going to happen. That's unrealistic. The third is unspoken. This is having expectations that we are conscious of that may be realistic, but we've just not said them. We just assume you know because of the twinkle in my eye that I gave you when you did that and you thought that I was going to attack you and I'm just upset, right? Unspoken, assuming others can read your mind. Unspoken, here's the thing about the unspokens. These tend to be the ones that we don't share because we want to avoid conflict, right? But they also make what is just a little bitty anthill into a molehill into a mountain that has a volcano in it, right? Unspoken expectations. And then the fourth one is unagreed, unagreed. Having expectations of others that they do not agree to. Well, I said, just because you said doesn't mean it's agreed. I said it though. Well, good for you, okay? Or having expectations of us that we don't agree to, right? And so those are the ones that we dance around. These, these unagreed are the ones we dance around. We actually voice them and we dance around them, but we never settle on them, right? And so we talk about them every now and again, and it makes us feel good because we actually said it, right? Like I'm growing, I said something, right? And that gets us through another week or another month until it happens again. And then the anthill and the molehill, it's already there and the volcano erupts, right? And so what is the valid expectation? You know the types, you know what is fair, right? And, and here's the thing on expectation. I have great expectations of my kids, right? I expect that they're going to do the dishes. Does that mean they get done? No. I expect that Kaz is going to water the Christmas tree every morning. Does he? No. I expect that Lainey is going to unplug the Christmas lights on the porch every morning because she loves lights. Does she? I thought she loved lights. Not, not enough to unplug them, Right? And so you can have great expectations, but if, if they're unmet, that's all they are is frustrations, right? And so here's the closing scripture. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 18. Here's what it says. I urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Don't want to do that. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. This is big. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Why? Because we should rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in every circumstance because this is God's will for my life. So if you're taking notes, here's what makes a valid expectation or an expectation valid. There are four points. The first one is they're conscious. If you've been taking notes, just go right next to the unconscious and write conscious. I'm aware and you're aware and they aware, they're aware, and we're all aware of the expectation or my expectation. Ooh, this is good. This can be valid, okay? 
The fourth thing is it's realistic. It's realistic. There's evidence to support the expectation is reasonable, that it's not one side. This just isn't my way, right? By the way, clarity and justification on this is this. Either the, the way it can be realistic is because it's been done in the past or they've showed the capacity to do it or the willingness to do it. That makes it realistic. Otherwise, they are numb, blind, and oblivious to it. So we have to make it realistic. We have to meet halfway, right? The third thing is it's spoken. I've actually said it. I, you, they have expressed the expectation very clearly, and it is understood by all. And the last one, it's agreed. We've agreed on this. And we've agreed by saying yes, not just by vocalizing it. We agree by saying yes. And it's not the one expecting the, the expectation going, yes, that's not going to win you any, 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 anything. Nothing. Okay? So... These four, this is how you create valid expectations in your relationships so that you can walk in agreement with full understanding. When these are present, you don't have the constant distraction and disagreement and conflict when these are present, right? That's easier said than done, by the way, because it's a process. Remember this as we wrap, as we wrap this thing up. An expectation is only valid when it is mutually agreed upon. Otherwise, it's just something that was said, right? And then we go back to, well, I'm encouraged today, right? There's only one exception to this. That's why I just told you. Parent to child, hey, I told you to water the tree, bro. Come on. Get the wax out of your ears. Parent to child, employer to employee, right? There's contracts. There's negotiations that we go through. And then our marriage vows. Our marriage vows, what we vowed to each other, right? The biggest question that we have is this. What do I do if someone cannot meet my expectation? What do I do if someone cannot meet my expectation? First thing you do, ask yourself, am I aware of this expectation? Am I conscious of this? Is it realistic, right? Have I shared this with them? You've wrote all this down already. And have they had the opportunity to agree? Have, they, have I actually given them an opportunity to walk with me in this, right? If you can answer all of those questions and the opportunity has presented itself to them and they refuse to walk with you, then you know what to do. Bye. That stinks, but that's true, right? The next decision is yours. So you can't like, the problem with that is like going around and keep coming, you keep coming back as a fool returns to his folly. So a dog returns to his vomit. I think I mixed that up, but that's it. Like, you can't, the more you spend time pulling people along, the more they're pulling you back. There must be clear expectations. And so the real question is not, what if they won't agree? The real question is, what is it costing me to be in relationship with them? What is this costing me? What is the weight, the burden? What am I carrying, right? It might be time for you to do some pruning. It's good to prune before the first of the year because the first year brings all kinds of good new stuff, Right? John 15 tells us that everything that grows gets pruned, right? And so the pruning may be painful, and it, it looks ugly for a little bit, right? It looks ugly for a little bit, but only for a little bit. Because what comes from that is life and maturity and growth and fullness, right? When you make the cut, and the reality is it's time for us to start making some cuts. We need to grow. We need to grow. So establish the expectation or do some pruning.
right? That's, that's really the crossroads today. So I'll close with this. If you're going to step into 2023 healthy, those around you, those closest to you, those that you love need to understand what the expectation is and how to walk with you in that. If they're not in agreement with you, then they're going to be one of those things that keeps you back. Because the reality is, is we all come and become what we surround ourselves with, right? And I just want to say, this is the truth of my life. If you want me, if you say, Dusty, what's the one thing? Here's the one thing every day for me. What happens in my life is either led or allowed, period. I'm leading it to happen or I'm allowing it to happen. Well, I didn't mean to get over there and I, was, I don't know what I was doing. Yes, you do. You allowed that to happen. Well, I didn't, I, 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 I don't even know how. Yes, you do know how. You do know how. You made the conscious decision to go. And if you're unconscious, you got to fix that first, right? What happens in your life is either led or allowed. We can deflect responsibility and we can create excuses and we can cast blame. And all these things, those three, creating excuses, casting blame and deflecting will bring me peace for just a minute. They always do, right? They're gonna bring me some comfort. But what they really do is they give me the illusion that I'm in control. Because if I just keep doing this and it makes me feel good in that moment for just a minute, it lets me think that I'm in control. However, deflecting, and blaming and making changes does the opposite. It creates that counterfeit world, right? And it keeps me up in a, in a place of immaturity and it keeps me from walking in my God-given rights. God gave you rights when he called you. God gives you the freedom to make decisions, to create expectations, yes, to set boundaries, to think for yourselves, to interact with the world. You have all of that. If not, you'd be a robot and it would just suck. It just would. Okay, we need to take responsibility for that, right? For what God's given us, we take responsibility for as, as, as opposed to uh, playing defense all the time. That gets exhausting, right? If we shift it everywhere else, we never own it, right? So we need to own the responsibility that God's given us and we need to lead our lives. And so you're never gonna change someone else. Don't think, well, there's a third option, Dusty. I can just change them. That's false. That's false. You're not gonna change anybody but you can change you. You can change you through the grace of God, whether it be pruning or deciding or believing, you can change you. So then do not blame or excuse or assume anything. Lead your life and those around you in 2023 so that you can have your best year yet because it's who you know. We reset with God last week. Let's reset with those around us in the next two weeks. You say, hey, this is a lot. I need to process. Maybe I'll do this next week. That's fine. Before the clock strikes 12 on December 31st, get these expectations set so you can walk into 2023 with healthy people around you. Amen? Here's your action step. We've said it about 73 times. Clarify and validate your expectations. Sit down this week with the meaningful relationships around you and share your heart. What do you mean share your heart? Say, hey, I'd like to clarify something. Could I get some clarity on this? I wonder if, I wonder if, hey, are you willing to are you willing to? But don't open with these. This is where you're getting to, right? Can we agree? Hey, can we agree on this? There's just one thing that's been really getting me. Could you help me understand that? Right? Why? So you can walk agreed in 2023. That's been the last 15 weeks of church. It's been incredible. Because why? So you can walk agreed in 2023. Amos 3.3 3 says, unless two people 
be, in a, be agreed. They cannot walk together. We want to walk together with those who agree with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.